This week's episode is brought to you by Macello, maker of the Seeker Slugs. This top secret technology is finally made available to select private security firms committed to bringing peace from ghoul tyranny. This seek and destroy technology is the most effective and safest weapon targeting the Ghoulwold Scourge. Deployment is easy. Simply get invited to a private gathering of high-level system lords, chat and laugh about subjugating the humans, and casually pull out a reading tablet. When the hosts ask you what you're reading, pass the tablet along and presto, no more Ghouled. It's as easy as turning a page. Our thanks to Michello for sponsoring this episode. What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 Lock. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 67, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Crossroads. We're an independent podcast, and you can help keep this thing completely independent by finding us on Patreon. I'll throw the link in the show notes. I, I've been getting better at that, uh, but it is pretty easy. It's patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate spelt precisely as it should be uh, every dollar that gets contributed goes directly towards Zach's computing device I think that's a pretty nifty goal keeps him engaged um, because if indeed the, if Zach isn't in this thing then it's just me and so I would say welcome to walking through the Stargate I'm Brent and then there'd be this long pause and then I'd say and now we're talking about episode 66 you see it just wouldn't work it, it, it would just, just wouldn't, it wouldn't work it would it have, wouldn't work it would be very boring it would just be one side anyway um <laughs> but, but, uh, it, by all means, spread around the news that we, this podcast is great and lovely and you love it, uh, because people will always be able to find it on Apple podcasts on on Spotify podcasts and on Google podcasts and on podcast aggregators for free. Um, we do have some tiers in our Patreon that will have access to certain things. Um, I, I can't recall off the top of my head. Like I think, uh, the, no, there's no, there's like a, the, everybody gets like the feed. Hey, hey, Brent, should I just uh, help you, you just out do there? It? Yeah, because I'm not staring at it. I'm just staring at a wall yeah. right now trying so, to remember. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, right now there is not currently a Patreon feed because we haven't yet hit any stretch goals to make things like that happen. That's which it. That's means, right. Uh, you can join us and add your dollars to that. And uh, when we hit $75 a month, uh, we promise that we will start uh, recording some podcasts as bonus podcasts on the animated series Stargate Infinity. That's right. Um, and uh, that is a notoriously bad non-canonical cartoon. And if you want to hear us talk about it, the, here's your chance to do that. Um, and Patreon subscribers will get uh, first shots at those before they eventually get out into uh, the, the rest of the, the audience. Uh, we're not going to keep those behind a firewall for everybody for all time, but Patreon subscribers yeah, you'll will get certainly first. get that yeah. ahead of time. Um, so that's that. Mm -hmm. um, also, if uh, we have uh, different options at the gate sprinter level, we have one person at the gate sprinter level. Yes. And this person gives us a vote every month for an episode to rewatch. And when an episode has enough, uh, enough uh, 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 votes, uh, I think that number for right now is probably five. Yeah, so when that episode right. has five votes, then that will force a rewatch of us for us. We'll rewatch the episode uh, and uh, see how things may have changed a second time, especially for Brent. 
Uh, again, <laughs> those, uh, when they come, will go into the Patreon feed first uh, before they come out onto the regular feed. That's right. So, And, uh, hey, speaking of Patreon, um, we had a couple of people to thank. Uh, so special thanks very much to Stuart and to Laura for joining up. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, the, the support is fantastic. Uh, thank you. And also, uh, I forgot to mention, um, uh, Apple is being weird. Uh, we, we caught a rumor that um, when we check for Apple reviews, because as I mentioned many times, uh, if somebody leaves a review, we do a dramatic recreation. Somebody mentioned that uh, U.S. podcast creators can only see the U.S. store and therefore only see the U.S. reviews. So if you're an international listener and you have left a review and you've been sitting here this whole time going, I don't know, do they hate me? Do they? Did, was my review not good enough? Like, I thought that that was the... We didn't know. We don't know. So we need you to basically uh, uh, make a, get a little screenshot of your review <laughs> and send it to us. <laughs> um, and uh, Zach, uh, two things. I think that we have uh, we have a bit of an apology to make for uh, uh, misattributing uh, the review from last week. Yes. Um, but yeah. then also, presuming somebody has done a review and they have a screenshot, they need to probably send it to us by email. So I'll leave it to you to tell them how to do that. All right. So first of all, yeah, last week... I erroneously said that our review came from Nick, uh, and that's just because I didn't actually read things as well as I should have. Otherwise, I would have known that it was not Nick, it was Jack, and so we say thank you to Jack, Thanks, Jack. Uh, for that review. Nick, by all means, give us a review, and we'll turn something cool, turn it into something cool. Uh, <laughs> it starts off cool, but it, we'll, we'll add zhuzh to it well at zhuzh oh my gosh yes yes that's yes. right that is a term isn't they'll, it zhuzh there'll be zhuzh there'll be in any case, added. if you want to let us know that you have in fact sent us review or if you are a listener not in the united states and want to say hey i have reviewed this in my apple podcast aggregator etc uh send us a screen cap of that to our email address that is walking through the stargate at gmail.com that is W A L K I N G T H R O U G H T H E S T O G E G A T E gmail.com. So I didn't tell you this, Zach. A little while ago, I don't know why I just decided to tr also try to practice getting through that as fast as I could. But okay, you, okay. You've said it a number of times that the trick is the G H T H. Um, yes. And. Uh, uh, I got to admit that like that helped. Like I was sitting there, like, oh, that's your rhythm. So you're you're doing uh, you're doing a, a a complicated time signature when you're getting through that thing. You do a little time change, a time time signature switch there, and then you can just keep you can keep carrying Indeed. on. So uh, you know, uh, walking through the Stargate at gmail dot com. Uh, by all means, send us an email uh, with those screen caps and uh, anything else that you want to talk to us about, our predictions mm -hmm. and such, for instance. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Stargate Walking or on Facebook. We have a Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and a Facebook group. Uh, there's actually been quite a number of chatter on this last episode uh, in the Facebook group. Oh, uh, really? It's kind of cool. Uh, so I invite you to go look through that and uh, add your two cents in there. Uh, so uh, cool. And yes. of course, Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Walking Through the Stargate. Yes. Piece of cake. All right. So, Brent. Yes. Shall we dig into this episode, Crossroads? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. So, 
This episode is directed by Peter DeLuise. This is his second of eight episodes this season that he has directed. Um, I don't have it up on what he directed before, a couple episodes ago, whatever mm, that was. It was the one where he was uh, in the hallway shouting, move, move, move. Move, 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 move. Um, oh, that was uh, uh, The Other Side. The Other I Side, think. that's right. The Other Side. All right. The teleplay for this episode, Brent, yeah. is by your favorite writer and yeah. mine... Catherine Powers. Yeah, I noticed that title card. <laughs> I was like, hey, yep. it's Catherine she Powers. is back. Yeah. This is her 10th writing credit of the series. This is the first of this season. Mm-hmm. This is the, uh, the la- her last episode was last season in the episode pretense. Uh, yeah, a time before tense. That's not the one about tents, no, but the yeah, one totally about uh, uh, red and blue lights. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Ding. You Ding. are now talking to Scarra. Florel. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Is is the red Scarra or is the red Chlorel? I can't figure it out. I can't. What if you're or- colorblind? Or what if what if somebody what if what if uh, Scarell? Wait, who's who's a good guy? Scara. Scara is a good guy. Who's the bad guy? Corell. What Corel. if what if what if Corell was trying to do a little? Wait, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself here. Sorry. Uh yeah. I was about to reference something from this episode. Oh no. Yes. No, no, but but they used uh, Tolan technology. That was the name of that species that I that yeah. race I couldn't figure out. Tolans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were using Tolan technology that can't be. Uh, Can't be fate. fooled. Gotcha. Uh, this is Catherine Powers' last episode. Break. Really? Oh. She does have one more story credit, like in the sixth season. But yeah. This is it. So this is it. Oh um, my. Basically, with this, we say. Uh, oh, I don't know how I feel about this, <laughs> Catherine. Mm, um, okay. It might be worthwhile to spend a little time figuring out what our. Catherine Powers scale system is and, and how she has done that sine wave up and down with yeah, her episodes it's, here. I think it's turned a bit more into an RNG table than anything, but you know. Yeah. We'll see. All right. We'll see. We do have uh, a few guest actors to talk mm-hmm. about for this episode. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have Vanessa Angel returning mm-hmm. as Anise and Freya. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody likes Anise and everybody likes Freya, but unfortunately, we get more Anise than Freya. Yes. Uh, so be it. We have Musetta Vander, who plays Shanok. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was born in Durban, South Africa, on May 26, 1963. Mm-hmm. Her full name was Musetta Vander Merwe. Mm-hmm. Uh, which she eventually shortened to Vander because, you know, she's Dutch, and that's what Dutch people do. They have vans and ders in front of their names, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. uh, which is like from the place uh, or of the place mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and such. Uh, anyway, she just went shortened that to Vander. Uh, despite not having access to a television until 1970, she was no stranger to entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, her mother was a ballet teacher, and she began taking ballet lessons and such, and debuted on stage for the first time at age four. Nice. Which is what debut means. So, I am just saying the same thing again. <laughs> she debuted for the first time. Then she debuted for a second time. Indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, she earned her bachelor's degree in communications and psychology, mm-hmm. and then she landed a job as a TV host for an MTV-like show in South Africa. Aha. Uh-huh. 
Uh, it was at that time that she uh, met her future husband, mm-hmm. uh, and then they moved to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. She's been in a number of shows, including Super Force in 91 and 92. She's mm-hmm. been in Murder, She Wrote, Diagnosis Murder, mm-hmm. Highlander, the TV series, Buffy mm-hmm. the Vampire Slayer, Babylon 5, Star Trek Voyager, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. others. Okay. Uh, this is her only Stargate credit. Aha. Uh, not a surprise, considering she She's died. dead. Spoiler. We all, we also have Peter Wingfield. He played Hebron and mm-hmm. Tanith. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born in Cardiff, Wales, on September fifth, September five, nineteen sixty two. Welsh. Uh, yeah, there we go. I was trying to figure went, out that accent, but yeah. Yes, uh, he went to school to become a doctor, but like just shortly before graduating, uh, he decided to change careers <laughs> and go into <laughs> acting. <laughs> Yeah, yup. Wait a minute, I'm making a terrible mistake. (laughs) (laughs) His uh, television debut was in Antonia and Jane in 1990. Mm -hmm. Uh, Later on, he has leads in various TV shows in uh, the UK, such as Medics, Soldier, Soldier, and The Men's Room. Uh, he holds an advanced level stage fighting certificate and is a former national trampoline champion. I'm sorry, what? He holds an advanced <laughs> level stage fighting certificate. Okay, that one makes sense. And he's also a former national trampoline champion. There are championships for trampoline? Sure, it's an Olympic sport now. I think I gotta look into this. It's, I, it's part, yeah. Like, what do you do? Do you do flippy doos in the air or something? As I understand it, yes. You just bounce and you just like twirly, 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 twirl? Yeah, it, it's sort of like a cross between... You know, flailing around in the air and and uh, gymnastics. Oh, oh, wait, how is that different? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, gymnastics is just controlled flailing about in the air. Well, yeah, but this time you get to do it on a bouncy surface that you get to, throws you, get to, you really you get to high into the air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fine, um, okay. I'll have to look into that. So, so he was an actor... Uh, for a couple of decades there as as he was going through things. And then in 2011, he returned to medical school and became an anesthesiologist. Nice. Yep. Uh, some of his TV credits include Highlander, Cold Squad, Queen of Swords, Touching Evil, 24, Caprica, and Sanctuary. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I will just mention a couple other names here. Ron Halder uh, returns as Cronus for a mm-hmm. couple of flashback scenes. Mm-hmm. And Sean Millington plays Ronak. Uh, that would be Teal'c's dad who yep. gets crushed. There. Apparently, he was a, a Canadian football player who won an MVP in the year that this episode came out. Oh, so there's probably lots of people that are like, you know, it's like, hey, it's Sean Millington. Yeah. Not uh, me, I mean, Not me. Yeah. <laughs> but so this episode aired on July twenty first, two thousand. Uh huh. Number one in the charts wa- in the U.S. was "Bent" by Matchbox Twenty. I I, I know I'm gonna recognize this song as soon as I hear it. I can't think of it the second, but I. I'm so, fairly certain that it is bent. It, it's a little crooked. It's probably sad and tragic. That's also Matchbox. Twenty. Uh, well, yes. I don't know it. Uh, in the UK, they were listening listening to "Life Is a Roller Coaster" by Ronan Keating, uh, yep. which actually kind of ironically fits with the whole bend thing because oh. roller coasters definitely have bends in them. Yeah, that's true. And if things go awry, they can be quite tragic. 
they, they, they could. Absolutely. Now, now, since I don't know about Life as a Roller Coaster, yes. I think we've seen Ronan Keaton Keating before. We have seen his name before. And it was um, like, like he's like a, you know, he's like a power, like he's power, like power pop or something. Like he's definitely a pop singer, that's for sure. It wasn't, it wasn't like rock. It no. wasn't hip hop. It wasn't, I, I don't remember. I, yeah. I'm saying things like I know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking well, about. Well, I mean, you know, I'm trying to set it up because I'm probably going to be putting this in the background and then you're going to have to, like, you know, go through the box office, okay. like, with it in the background. But, like, honestly, so, I have so, no frame of reference. So, here we go. Uh, I am going to do this as if life was a roller coaster. So, okay, when the life, roller go. coaster begins, we go choo, 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 up, up. <laughs> what lies beneath these tracks oh my gosh we're totally going to die if only i had superpowers like the x-men hey wait i don't hey the pokemon the movie that's what this right this is ah, this is definitely a scary movie <laughs> oh that was the perfect storm <laughs> well done well done zach that's Thank fantastic <clears throat> so what lies beneath X-Men, Pokemon the movie, Scary Movie, The Perfect Storm are our number five movies this week. And that's by the way, that is Pokemon the 2000 version, not the, the more recent one now. That's not like some weird time travel thing. Was there? Is there? Okay. Okay. Good to know. I, I don't know. Sure. I'm, Didn't know. Had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, okay. All right. What happened on this day? Well, on the yes. 21st, really not much notable, but quite a number of things happened on the 20th of mm. July, mm-hmm. 2000. First of all, the leaders of Salt Lake City's bid to win the 2002 Winter Olympics were indicted by a federal grand jury for bribery, fraud, and racketeering. You know, Zach, every time I learn a fact about the Olympic Games, it's like... It's never a good one. It's never a good fact. Like, it seems to me like this whole thing is just a giant scam that we've been perpetuating every other year. Well, just saying. I mean, uh, which is tr- which is which is really, really unfortunate because there's lots and lots of people that are like, like really excellent at at um, at displays of physical mastery that to kind of depend on these things to be like, look, I'm really good at blah. And then, you know, et cetera. Yeah. But yeah, then you get people in their greed involved. And here we are. Uh, also on July 20th, in Zimbabwe, Parliament opens its new session and seats opposition members for the first time in a decade. So uh, things wow. are calming down in Zimbabwe in the 2000s. Oh, is that what that All, means? Well, so well, I guess I don't know for sure, but uh, if your parliament is actually seating people who are uh, yeah, opposite there you go. Views, Thank you. Yes, that means that yes. there is some yes. some calmness, at least a little yes. bit, that you can sit in the same room without yeah, shooting yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of misread that. I thought it just meant like you know, opposition members were elected for the first time in ten years or something. And I'm just like, okay, who cares? Ah, uh, I see now. Okay. Right. Uh, also on the twentieth, terrorist Carlos the Jackal sues France in the European Court of Human Rights for allegedly torturing him. Hmm. Okay. So. Uh, I don't know how that turns out. Also, on the 20th, the 33rd San Diego Comic-Con International opens at the San Diego Convention Center. Hooray! Hooray! Uh, there is a high probability, although I do not know for a fact, uh, that uh, somebody from Stargate was there at that oh, time. Oh, probably. Probably so. so. And from Stargate, we've got uh, Donna Davis, or I don't know. Who knows? Could be. 
Probably, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. If you know, let us know. Oh, yeah. For real. All right. We have some uh, trivia here. Egeria is mentioned briefly in this episode. Uh, Egeria is the queen of the uh, Tok'ra. Oh. Uh, I don't know if you recall that. They were talking about that a little bit. Well, um, no, I don't. And also, um, I was under the impression that the Tok'ra were a uh, semi-autonomous collective uh, where they rotate leadership every you know 18 months for, for executive function. No, sorry. I'm trying to – I'm misquoting Monty Python right now badly. Um, uh-huh. But uh, <clears throat> no, I, th- I mean, at the high council, I, I, I was under the impression that it was something more of a senate that was leading it. But apparently they got, uh, they got a monarch, eh? Well, sort of. The – so Egeria was by by queen. We're talking about because she's also dead, right? Recognize that. Oh, she died. Oh, I forgot. Right? About, I guess I didn't. But know that. but by queen, we're talking like like queen bee or or think Hathor, the queen of the Guawul. Yeah. The queen mother, the spawner, the uh, the That's producer. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They so did get I into guess that. when yeah. Martuf, uh, Lantash, and Jolinar were et cetera, et cetera. Never mind. I'm not not. not oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. So, um. Hmm. Anyway, we she's mentioned in passing in this episode, really. Uh, but we will learn more about Egeria in the future. Okay. So, hang on to that one. Um, in this episode, it states that uh, symbiote's blood, uh, entering the Jaffa's bloodstream, is immensely painful and an awful way to die. Mm-hmm. Um. But and we see kind of glimpses of this in the the season one cliffhanger when Apophis tells uh, uh, one of them to you know basically take that uh, two pronged knife and stab it into uh, Teal's pouch and you know do all na- nasty things there. Ouch. Yeah. Um, director Peter DeLuise cameos in this episode. Uh, yeah, did I you catch him? Did I you didn't. catch where he was? I did not. I did not so catch him. So he was the first Tok'ra that Teal'c uh, barrels over. So he's just like right behind Teal'c in that last oh, gotcha. scene there. And he just turns around and goes, boom, and just plows him over. Down. And then, gotcha. And, uh, you know, uh, I loved that scene. That was a fun scene. Uh, by the way, that scene was not in the original script. That was something that uh, Peter DeLuise uh, wanted to add to it to kind of add some tension and some action there at the end of the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm th- when I heard that in the commentary, I'm like, yeah, okay. I liked that scene, and that explains something here. Got it. Yep. Um, also, as I was watching uh, the commentary uh, of this, Peter DeLuise comes up with a few quotes that just made me giggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is he tingling in her presence? Uh and even though she's close to de- death, her makeup will remain absolutely flawless. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute, who was t- we're talking? Uh, Teal'c was Teal'c tingling? Oh, oh. So like at the very beginning, when when they first meet, you know, uh, he's all like googly eyes and and such on her. And, yes. Uh, and uh, so Peter DeLuise, uh comments, "Why is he tingling in her presence?" Well, because da 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 da. But still. But, and then, of course, as she's lying uh, in the infirmary yes. bed, yes. and uh, even though she's close to death, her makeup will remain absolutely flawless. <laughs> That's good. I like that one. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, uh, taking their cue from Seven of Nine and Star Trek mm-hmm. Voyager, SG-1 mm-hmm. at this point in time is trying to bump their ratings with just a little bit more women in more revealing outfits, which... Uh, 
show sees you know why we we have well, Zeta and Vanessa in the outfits they are in. So uh, this yeah. this is a thing that kind of I, I I forget about until I remember it because that's how memory works. Um, th- Fair episode, the pilot of this show aired on um, Showtime, right? Correct. And right. the original was totally was totally enjoying the benefit of having some nudity in the in the show itself, right? Well, to be fair, mostly it was the the uh, uh, Showtime saying, um, "Put some boobs in there because yeah. we're on Showtime." Yes, and and Brad Wright and Jonathan Glasner and pretty much everybody else were like, "Well, um, uh, okay, I guess if we have to." Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, you could say yeah. no, but you know. Why would you? Uh, yeah. That was my, me being sarcastic. Anyway, um, but it's still on Showtime right now, right? I believe so. So then what's the deal? Like, you don't need to try to be all like, like, try to emulate this um, sci-fi show on broadcast television uh, generating from you know it, it, within within Star Trek. You know, if you, if you want to if you want to get the if you want to get the teenage boys to go hubba hubba. Like you just go back to your to your method that you used in season one. I mean, that's where I'm a little bit like I I kind of forget about it because up until now I'm watching this show. I mean, no, not up until now. Like I said, I keep I forget it until I remember it. Um, I keep watching the show as if it were like on par with Star Trek or something. But you know the but the but the reality of the world is extremely different. This is on a cable uh, uh, channel. Um, with the possibility of airing it at a time to be all like, ho, 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 sexy, sexy. And instead, they're taking a very network television approach to it. And and I just get confused, or not, I'm not confused, but you know, like I forget that they have the possibility of really ratcheting it up and they're not doing it. They're taking the network television approach, which is fine, sure. uh, sort of. Yeah. I mean, like you don't need to, you don't need to do midriffs. Like, you know, just tell me a good story. We'll be here. Um, but like I said, I forget it until I remember it. I just remembered it. I just remembered it just now, Zach. But well, there you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, it is worth noting that even from the beginning, um, they they had plans and agreements that they would it would air first on Showtime. Yeah. And then, like four or five, six months later, something like that, it would air on network television. Even from the get go, right from the beginning. Gotcha. Um. So, so they couldn't get too far down that path. There, there's some sort of, you know, it's sort of like our Patreon. You know, if you pay the premium, you get it a little bit ahead of time. Yeah, true. Right. I don't know. I, I, you can cut that out. You're, that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's probably, that's probably, I mean, I, I'm willing to bet that you are pretty much right on the money. They were producing the television show for the widest audience possible. And that includes people under the age of 18, which means no boobs. Um, right. But on the other hand, if what you're trying to do is use sex to sell the thing, you're on a channel where you can use sex to sell the thing. Like you can right. just do that, but they don't. And I'm glad they don't. Um, but still, there we go. Yeah. Observation. So there you, there you have it. Um, yeah. Uh, so then uh, also it's worth noting here. Uh, I learned this in the Illustrated Companion that uh, – uh, Musetta Vander was actually in the running for the role of Anis and Freya. Oh. And of course, Vanessa eventually got that role, but then they brought Musetta in for this. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Uh, this episode, in other languages, in French, they call it Crossed Destinies. Mm-hmm. Uh, in mm-hmm. Czech, it's At Crossroads. Mm-hmm. In German, uh, it's Shanok's Sacrifice. So they kind of, you know, <laughs> like... <laughs> 
you know, just lay that out him, there for you. You can't accuse him of burying the lead. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, in Russian, it's at crossroads as mm-hmm. well. Gotcha. Um, and I have one goof to add to this. Um, I probably wouldn't have noticed this if I hadn't already read this and then watched it. But then sure enough, there it is. Uh, when the group arrives on Vorash, which is the planet of the Tok'ra, yeah. there are five fi- f- five figures emerging from the Stargate. You would assume that that's uh, your four SG-1 characters plus Shanak. Yes. Now, if you look carefully, they're all wearing trousers. They're all wearing pants oh. as they're yeah. walking down there. Now, when they get to the actual base and they go through the ring transport and they get on the base, you look at Shanak and she's wearing a dress. Right, 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 right. And right. Uh, last time I checked, dresses were not trousers. Uh, well, you know, I mean, no, they're not. <laughs> no, no. Uh, the fact is the, that that scene was uh, taken from Jolinar's memories uh, and then reshot, reused. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah. If I recall correctly from the, the uh, commentary, they actually took that and uh, inverted it. They flipped it around. So they yeah. were going right instead of left. Uh, and then in that episode, that fifth person would have been Martuf or Lantash. Yeah, gotcha. So, Makes sense. Yep. Little goof, but not a big deal. Not a big deal. Shall we dig into this episode here? Yeah. Let's get All into right. it. When the SGC receives an IDC from Braytech, they are surprised when a young woman walks through the gate. She is Shanok, a priestess of Apophis in Teal'c's old flame, you know, from before he met his wife, Dreyak. Of course. Of course. Of course. And she needs to see the Tok'ra immediately. Shanok claims that she is able to speak with her larval Gua'uld, and in speaking with him, she's convinced the snake to repent of its evil Gua'uld ways and join the Tok'ra in their fight against Gua'uld oppression. Woohoo! In the briefing room, SG-1, Hammond, Fraser, and Shanok discuss her request. The SGC wants to believe her, eh, kinda, but Tilk is totally unconvinced. What she claims is simply not possible. Shanok is offended and rises to depart, but soon collapses onto the floor, writhing in pain. Her Gua'uld is fully mature and pops out at that moment to say hello to everyone in the room. So after cute. a quick Yeah, after a quick stare down with Teal'c, the sneak the snake retreats to Shanok's Jaffa pouch. They take her to the infirmary. She's okay for now, but the Gua'uld must leave soon, and as a result, Shanok's immune system is beginning to shut down. The Jaffa priestess explains to Teal'c how she was able to commune with her Kalma, her Gu- that's Gould for child, which is what she's calling her symbiote these days. Kind of torques Teal'c off a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Teal'c decides to attempt the procedure himself. He asks his teammates to stand in the room filled with lots and lots of candles to watch, you know, just in case he gets violent or something. Uh, <laughs> while in a deep state of Kelnorim, <laughs> While he's in a deep state of Kelnorim, Tilk sees a vision of his father Ronak being killed by Cronus. Apparently, communing with your symbiote really is possible. That said, Tilk's symbiote really hates him. They contact the Tok'ra. Anise arrives to discuss the situation. She offers to take the matter up with the Tok'ra High Council. If what Shanak claims is true, this would be tremendous news for the Tok'ra. Ever since their queen, Egeria, rebelled against Ra, the Tok'ra have been isolated from the rest of the species. Not only that, since Egeria was killed, there have been no new Tok'ra in the several thousand years since. 
As Anise prepares to depart, Teal'c makes one more request. Would you please, please, pretty please, sugar on top, a cherry and all that stuff, procure another symbiote for Shanok so that she won't die. You know, I kind of love her. Please. <laughs> he kind of somethings. Kind of something, something. Mm. Yeah, he, he definitely walks out of that room with the glow oh, on his face. Oh, of course. So, the next morning, Anise sends word that the Tok'ra have accepted Shanok's offer. And not only that, but they fi- have found a symbiote for Shanok. SG-1 and Shanok prepare to depart for, Tok'ra, for the Tok'ra base immediately. There they meet Hebron, the man who has volunteered to be host. Jack questions him, wanting to make sure he really understands what he's getting into. But before they can take it, make it to the transference room, Shanok collapses. She cannot wait any longer. The snake pops out again to ask the question, Can I take a host now, please? Hebron tears open his shirt, bears his chest to the snake, and says, Take me! Before anyone can do anything, the snake springs from Shanok's gut, flies through the air, and burrows itself into Hebron through his neck. Shanok lays there unconscious and near death. The Guawuld, which has taken up residence in Hebron, reveals its name to be Tanith. He seems quite concerned with his mother's life. The Toker take her away to implant the new symbiote. It's especially young, but signs are good that she'll recover. We hope. Jack wants to make sure everything is copacetic. He wants to talk with Hebron. Hebron emerges and appears to be alive and well, sharing his body with Tanith. Jack is doubtful. And he gets especially annoyed when the Tok'ra refuse to allow SG-1 to interview Tanith and acquire some of this coveted knowledge of the Gua'uld this whole process promised. Tanith, after all, had joined the Tok'ra, not the SGC, so we get the secrets and you don't. Neener, neener, neener. <laughs> SG-1 returns to Earth with more, more than a little irked with their allies. That evening, Shanok goes to visit Tanith. He looms over her as he reveals his deception. He used her so that he could destroy the Tok'ra. It is now time to reward her for her efforts. (laughs) (laughs) Back on Earth, Tilk reveals his intention to depart to Chulak so that he and Shanok can teach others to commune with their symbiotes with the expectation that soon the Gua'uld stranglehold on the galaxy will be ended. While Tilk is resigning, the gate opens. Anise has returned, and she has brought the body of Shinnok with her. Apparently, the very young symbiote was not strong enough to heal the Jaffa priestess. Anise wanted to ensure that Tilk was able to perform whatever ritual he deemed necessary. Tilk is despondent. His new love, his partner, his hope for the future of his people is dead! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> While mourning, Tilk attempts to commune with his symbiote. He sees again the death of his father at the hands of Cronus. Cronus crushed the larval Gulawuld inside Ronak, mixing the blood of the symbiote and the host. The mixture proved toxic, a slow and painful death for the Jaffa. And kind of sadistic for the, the Gulawuld, if you I might add, killing mm. your own <laughs> young for this purpose. So, anyway. Uh, when Till comes out of his Kelnorim, he declares to O'Neill that Shanok was in fact murdered. That's a big jump, but nevertheless, there it is. Uh-huh. SG-1 immediately returns to the planet where the Tok'ra are currently staying and reveal that their autopsy on Shanok has confirmed Teal'c's revelation. Anise correctly deduces that Teal'c has returned for revenge. 
she tells him that she will not allow him to carry out the violence he seeks. Hearing her words, Teal'c springs into action. He tosses Tok'ra extras like they're rag dolls. He tosses a cameraman over his shoulder while clotheslining <laughs> other Tok'ra. Eventually, five or six Tok'ra are able to jump onto his back and pull the Jaffa to the ground. Anise explains that they have decided to allow Tanith to believe he has succeeded in, in infiltrating their ranks. By controlling the information he receives, they hope to deceive the Gould with disinformation. When the time is right, they will extract any other useful information from Tanith before killing him. And, of course, they will attempt to save Hebron, if they can. But he went into this situation knowing the risks, so, you know, whatever. Whatever. Tilk meets Tanith face-to-face before leaving the Tok'ra base. They both know the other knows. Tilk speaks to the traitor. I wanted to look upon you, and no Shonok's sacrifice will not be in vain. Tanith promises that her death will not be in vain, and hopes they will meet again. And Tilk promises that they will certainly meet again someday. The end. The end. So, Brent. Yeah. Crossroads. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Well, before we get into it, <clears throat> I want to make sure that I understand just a couple of things here. Real quick. Okay. Thing number one, the Tok'ra. Up until this point, we did not have information on the timeline that the Tok'ra are an originating species of Gould from a couple thousand years ago from a rebel queen, right? This is new information. That is new information. And, uh, And previously till now, there was a problem because there weren't enough hosts for the Gould, right? For the Tok'ra. For the, for the Tok'ra, correct. Yeah, right. That, 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 that's been the issue. Okay, just double-checking. <clears throat> and uh, as of this episode, uh, it is now established that, uh, that there, there basically aren't enough Gul'uld. There, there are not enough Tok'ra anymore, right? Because they're not replenishing. Is that correct? That is correct. That, okay. that part, part of the problem with the Tok'ra is not, that, not so much that there aren't enough, mm-hmm. necessarily. I mean, there aren't, but, but that uh, they have no means of making new Tok'ra. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that, uh, um, yeah, when okay. when a Tok'ra dies, uh, the ghoul dies, and there's no, no nobody to replace mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that one. Uh, so, <clears throat> forgive me. Uh, the ghoul, which has taken up residence in Hebron, reveals its name to be Tanith. He seems quite concerned with his mother's life. The Tok'ra take her away to implant the new symbiote. It's especially young, but signs are good that she'll recover, we hope. So, um, how is that one especially young if it's especially old? Okay, so uh, keep in mind that the Jaffa are incubators of larval Gua'uld. Yes. So, um, when, the Gua, when the Tok'ra did that, they had to go into... Uh, a Gua'uld stronghold of some variety and mm-hmm. extract a larval Gua'uld for this purpose. So, so, so I see. So in this particular situation, they were able to go, go get a larva or larval, you know, whatever, a larva yeah. to put into this Jaffa to keep this Jaffa alive. And that is unusual. They were not in a situation where they had larval Gua'uld, larval Tok'ra, um, around, right? Uh, that they could pop in there. Okay, 
And okay. in fact, in this situation, if it turns out that she is correct in what she is doing and able to in, uh, convince these larval ghouls to re- convert. reject the, and convert, then it would behoove her to have one of the ghouls uh, who is, for lack of a better term, an evil Gua'uld, right. so that she can commune with it. Because if it, if they happen to have found a Tok'ra Gua larval uh, in that regard, you wouldn't have to try to convince them because they would already have the genetic memory, blah, 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 all of blah, that blah, stuff. Blah, blah, blah. So then getting back, so then thank you for bringing up the genetic memory. I forgot about this part too. <clears throat> so um, Teal'c goes into his Kel'Norim and he sees the memory of his father being killed. Correct. So then is the genetic memory of all Gua'uld larva instantaneous and unified and connected throughout the entire universe? You know, this is what we call an area where me as a watcher says, huh, I'm not going to think too hard about that. Uh-huh. Now, okay. that said, as I was watching the commentary last night yes. for this episode uh, that had Peter DeLuise talking about all sorts of things, he contended in that that uh, if you watch the uh, the uh, uh, vision that the teal has, yes, uh, th- there is a woman that is standing there behind. Yes. Cronus. Yes. And his contention is that woman is actually one of the queens and happens to be the queen of the Gua'uld that lives inside Teal'c. The queen of the Gua'uld. So that's actually that the genetic mother. Yes. And so since she was there yes. to witness this, yes. and she passes on her memory via genetics, yes. uh, the Gua'uld larva inside Teal'c has that genetic memory. Yes. Um, that is not at all clear by just simply no. watching the episode. So <clears throat> the reason why I'm asking these pedantic questions, Zach, is twofold. Okay. Reason number one, it's because um, I, I don't have very many good things to say. That's thing number one. This one okay. was a remarkable snoozer. This <laughs> one was, I don't think that information contained in this episode will never come up again i bet you that it probably will um but my goodness was this now it might have been that i was watching this last night i have had one heck of a week let me tell you and uh you know super exhausted and this episode didn't provide action and it except for at the very end when he's when uh, teal slings a cameraman over his shoulder and it didn't provide uh, uh, any intrigue that felt interesting. It just provided canned intrigue like, oh, you mean the Gua'uld who are remarkably deceptive and self, self-serving are once again being deceptive and self-serving? Mm-hmm, okay. And it didn't provide with any like moral quandary questions because all I know is that some hot lady steps through a through the gate and Teal gets all Twitter painted all of a sudden, and I'm just supposed to assume that there's a legit reason, um, which there was. But on the other hand, it's just like I don't know who's this. Who is she? Why? What was the? What was Peter DeLuise's quote? I'm scrolling right now. Uh, oh, um, why is he tingling uh, in her presence? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I think I don't have an awful lot of good things to say because. Um, the story is just kind of, I don't know, flat in areas. It's just flat, actually, now that I'm saying it, kind of th- thinking it through. Um, I think that it was 
interestingly shot. I think that, uh, you know, hearing that Peter decided to throw in a little action scene at the end there makes a lot of sense because he's probably shooting this dog and trying. Well, that's a weird way to say it. Um, and he's, uh, he's sitting there like, all right, okay, here we are. I mean, we're at the, we're at the, we're at the 40 minute mark. Um, and so far it's just been a whole bunch of people like, you know, quietly meditating and, uh, you know, pretending like they are, uh, they got some little agony, uh, you know, as their symbiote is about to pop out. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe what I should really do is, is stop. Honestly. Now, you know what? I am going to, I'm going to flip the script on this one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to stop. And Zach, I would like you to tell me what you think, but more importantly, depending on what you actually think about this episode, I would like you to describe why you think that way. Cause right now, um, I'm not declaring this one a lost cause, but on the other hand, there's a whole lot in here that's like, wait, what? I mean, not like I'm confused, but it's just like, I don't know. Was this 40 minutes really worth watching? Okay. So, uh, I was really curious as to how you would respond to this episode. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, And I don't think I disagree with you. Uh (laughs) I don't much care for this episode. Uh, I find the, the... So, even before I realized that this was a Catherine Powers script, Yes. I thought the dialogue was... Uh, yeah, totally. I, I found, uh, I, I found the chemistry between Shanok and Tilk unconvincing. Super I'm like, unconvincing. Wait a second. Um, I mean, you now you know, uh, uh, Musetta as an actor did tremendously. She was great. Yeah, that's of course. Not the Christopher Judge was great, and they acted their heck out of those scenes. Yeah. I just didn't buy it. It um, was. It just came out of nowhere. Uh, you know, and and I've always thought, I'm like, wait a second. Um, what about Dreyak? What what about what about your family? Right. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, she divorced you. I get that, and then married another dude, and then of course that dude died. But then uh, after that, you basically took her back in and sent her and Ryak uh, to some safe planet so that they could live out really reasonably peacefully. Uh, you know, presumably you visit her on a semi-regular basis. Presumably, what the heck? Yes. Uh, that this just comes out of nowhere for me. I don't buy it. Um, you know the the story of the priestess who wants to who is communing with her symbiote is fascinating. I find that interesting. Yes, um, barely, but yes, for me. And uh, you know, I, I find that interesting. I find the 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 idea of engaging the Tokra and learning more about the Tokra and how uh, they the the challenges in that. Uh, alliance between the Tok'ra and the SGC, um, you know, playing out. Uh, they definitely clearly have very different agendas, and it's not always, you know, rainbows and bunnies. Right. Uh, you know. Uh, right. So there, there's some issues there. Uh, Tanith is an intriguing character. Um, I mean... We don't know much don't about know. him in this episode. Um, I thought it was shot tremendously well to kind of give that, yes. that sense of creepiness. Yes. Um, and the uh, actor did a good job. Like, you and know, he again, did. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not a, yeah, carry on. Uh, I, I would, I do have a question. Um, when did you know that he was not actually converted? Um, 
Um, honestly, it was when the reveal happened, but, um, but when it happened, it was a little bit more along the lines of like, oh, well, yeah. Okay. Here we are. It wasn't like, aha, I was thinking he was bad all along, nor was it what? No, Tanith. Like there was (laughs) right. Like in no way was I strung along either way. Like, okay. it, it, It was just like, okay. We've got a we've we've been introduced to a ghoul named Tanith. Yep, and he's a little bit weird and haughty. Fine, just like every other. Like you know, like he's lining up with the Tokra right now. Um, uh, you know, and then yeah, it's, and, and it's that was the aha, question I kill you. that I had. Right. Uh, you know, I've seen this so many times. I knew that he was a bad guy going in. I knew yes. it didn't work. Uh, and I don't remember the first time I watched it, so I don't remember, um, uh, how I felt and when that was, and I was trying to, you know, it's like. Okay, so I, I do think that as it's shot, there are some, you know, some camera angles in, in, that that kind of suggest there sure. that that he might be a little bit more arrogant than than the average Tokra. But in that case, he's also kind of a, an average Tokra in that regard because they're all kind right. of arrogant yeah. SOBs. Um, uh, you know, so but yeah, I, I find that interesting. Um, incidentally, think... we will see him again. Oh uh, well, yeah, we 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 have the promise at the end of the episode. We have the promise that he's coming back. Yes. Um. So, uh, of course, we said that about Grandpa Jackson too, and that didn't happen. Well, you know, you can't. You have to have the promise lots of times so that when you have the promise, you can say, "See, we promised it." And then you know, when you know the time, which is well, just because we promised it here doesn't mean it's actually going to happen because we ah, promised it everywhere. Ah, ah. Otherwise, you don't have dramatic tension. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, um, I mean, yeah, case. with with uh, with him, with so with uh, with Tanith, um, I think that, uh, I, and again, you know what? I will completely admit, uh, you know, we're recording this. It's March fourteenth, twenty twenty. Things are like upside down in so many ways. Um, you know, True. my my capacity for emotional connection is is uh, is is being well used and in other directions, right? Like. Um, when it came time to be like, is Tanith a good guy or a bad guy? Like, I got to it and I'm like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, either he's a good guy and he's going to be a spy, hooray, or he's a bad guy and we got intrigue. Okay. And then, you know what? And made worse by the fact that the Toker were like, yeah, we knew that. Like, like it's like, okay, great. So, hooray. We just, it's not like it's, like I said, it's not the end of the world. Um, the story though just kind of didn't do anything and i it's not like i don't think that any of this information will ever be um will never be seen again right like that's always mm-hmm. i always keep saying that because i think it's an important litmus test i think that if a story is a dog and nothing is advanced and you don't get any good information and you never see any of that information ever again then it is completely skippable um especially if there are literally no redeeming qualities don't waste your time life's too short do something else um and so in this particular case i'm thinking about the story and i don't doubt for a second that there's information that's going to come back one way or the other down the road, mm-hmm. right? There's just too many little things in here that, that are probably going to come back. However, um, you know, litmus test number two is if in 10 seconds of dialogue, you can establish that same fact in a later episode, then its presence in this episode becomes trivial. And I got a feeling that all of the co- quote 
cool stuff that happened in this episode could be explained in dialogue in seconds down the road. And you wouldn't have any of these weird things. For example, uh, you could in dialogue briefly describe how Teal'c was, uh, 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 I was about to use the word engaged, uh, but I mean that more of a, you know, it was connected to uh, connected to a, uh, a person who turned out to be a priestess of Apophis. And it was a moment of conflict for him. And that there was a rumor that the, that she had developed a meditation style that got her into connection with her Gua'uld, but it was a lie, right? Like you could, you could literally say those words in a way that conveys that kind of, oh, Teal'c has a rich, complicated past. He's a complicated person. He had a connection, a romantic connection with somebody who's not, we're never going to see again, but this person did something interesting and was deceived like that right there bam you got my attention that sounds kind of interesting tell me a little bit more show me a little bit more in other forms maybe a form of a flashback maybe the form of uh uh of um you know uh, teal exploring what this uh meditation style would right you know like you can do something with that that isn't having a woman walk through the gate and having Christopher Judge have to stand there with a dumb smirk on his face for pretty much the entire episode until you get to the end where he has a rage face on. Like, it, Peter DeLuise, I think, was doing the best that he could with it, and the mm-hmm. actors were doing the best that they could with that. And even still, it was a little like, I don't know, it feels a little weird. And you could even, see, now I'm on a rant. Um, you could even... <laughs> Go in it and saying things like, yeah, Jaffa relationships are weird, man. They're not like Earth relationships. Um, you could do that, but you got to explain it at least. You got to at least drop a line in there somewhere so that we can be all like, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, right fine. Yeah. Go yeah. Teal'c. Teal'c, go say hello to your former girlfriend. Have a great time. See you later. Yeah. Well, uh, we've already established that, that Jaffa relationships, while, you know, different in, in, uh, uh, how they are enacted, you know, basically function the same way as they do here. Yes. If you're married, you're married. Yeah, uh, thank you. And then That's at right. some point in time, you get a divorce, and then you get remarried, and you're remarried to the new guy, and you, yeah. you know, you're supposed to be faithful. Uh, now, just because you're supposed to be faithful does not mean that you always end up faithful, but, you know, that that's... Neither here nor there. But you, but you bring up uh, kind for of this the, conversation. Yeah, and and there was absolutely nothing in this story that. Uh, makes me think that uh, Teal's character needs to be, be needs to be evaluated at this point. But Zach, you talking through the whole thing, you know, a careful watcher. Well, I mean, maybe that's why it was not sitting well with me. Was that it's like he kind of he kind of does that thing that that they'll do in television shows because they want to. You know, it's basically it's it's the sex sells thing. They they want to get a little bit of a, a little bit of romantic heat between a couple of characters in order to drive a little interest. They did this with Daniel Jackson a little bit, um, sure. and it just doesn't line up. And it's not. I'm the kind of viewer. Well, granted, in 2020, I wouldn't. I don't know if I, if I would say the same thing. Same thing in 2000, but at least now, I'm the kind of viewer who is at least willing to entertain the possibility that. Uh, relationship dynamics might not look precisely the same culture to culture, but you gotta you gotta walk me through that a little bit, right? You, 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 otherwise, it just feels off. And, right. In this and if situation, you, um, if if Teal and Shawnock are going to have a relationship, which on the surface at that level, I'm I'm fine with. I don't have a problem with that relationship in principle. Right. Um, but to ignore completely. In the 44 minutes of television, 
that he has a wife. Admittedly, right. it's an ex-wife, but uh, you know, it's kind of one of those complicated situations. Are they? Well, they're not married anymore, but they're still kind of in that relationship. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. But if you don't address it somehow, some way, in at least a line, right? I'm gonna sit there, and I have from you know as long as I can remember watching this episode, been like, huh. Yeah, something's going on here. I think the issue here, I think the biggest problem with this episode is not ultimately the story, because I think that there are elements in this story that are actually really quite interesting and and fascinating. I mean, the idea of Teal'c having a love interest before Dreyak and now, you know, meeting her again after however many years and then feeling, you know, the the tension and all that stuff, you know, that's drama 101. I mean, that happens. That's, That's fine. Yes. The, the the idea of of uh, being able to commune with one symbiote and perhaps have a conversation with your symbiote and uh, convince them to to a different course of action. Well, that's interesting. That adds a whole new layer of the whole the way everything we've learned about Jaffa and how this works. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh yeah, that's cool. Uh, oh look, you know what? Uh, it didn't actually. You did communicate with them, but you didn't actually convince them. They're still their own being, uh, and now they're entrenched in the Tok'ra. Uh, oh, but we know about it, and so now we can use this as disinformation. This is all fascinating, you know, intrigue stuff. I like all of that stuff. It just comes together in a way mm. that is boring. Yeah. And that is the writer. That's, you got that. That's the you, writer, one hundred percent. It's not even the storyteller, right? Um, I mean, we've had this conversation, you and I, that episodes one, two, and three of Star Wars are not horrible if you look at the story itself. The story itself is not bad. What makes those movies really hard to watch is the dialogue. Yes. What makes it really hard to watch is the actual script that made it, and then how it plays out. And yeah. I think you're right. Uh, Peter DeLuise did the best he could in making it interesting. There's great shots in there. The acting is superb by all mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody can get that jaw muscle to twitch like I know. Judge that makes you <laughs> want to just go, oh my gosh, you know, in both rage and in, you know, passion. Uh, yes. uh, either way, it's, you know, but I, I think, yeah. Yeah. I've, we've got We've got eggs. We've got butter. We got sugar, we got flour, we got cocoa powder, we got a little bit of vanilla, but nobody bothered to mix them up. So just, just because the ingredients are there doesn't the mean you, you don't have a cake. Yeah. And so, um, y- yeah, you, you've, got your, you've got your standard elements. And this, so, you know, thanks for letting me know that this is the last time that we're going to have Catherine Powers as the writer. You know, she has contributing credit later down the line, but this is, this is the last time that this is her story, right? Yep. And uh, I am pretty sure that we have said this of her scripts more than once. Uh, and I think it is derivative of, if I recall right, her history with writing television is long and extensive. That, yeah. uh, that she was writing episodes for the original series of Star Trek. Do I, is that, do I have uh, that right? No, I don't think so. But she so. was writing at that time? I mean, she was writing for, no. she's been writing for a long time. So... We did make mention that she was the principal writer for um, uh, the episode that mirrored Emancipation. Now I'm blanking on the title. It's like the second episode, third episode of, of the first season of Star Trek Next Generation. Oh, that's right. Um, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So not quite so far um, as TOS, but um, anyway. Yeah. 
But point is, you know, she's been in television for quite a while, quite a while. And her stories have very, um, they, they feel very similar to television stories from decades ago. And I'm not talking about decades. I mean, I am, but like they, those stories felt old in 2000. Yes, they did. And here I mean, is to a, be fair. To be fair, uh, you know the first season of Star Trek: Next Generation was 1987. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is 13 years ago from the, when, when this episode aired. Right. 13 years ago was that episode. Okay. Yeah, Continue. yeah. I, right, but but again, I mean, like y- y- the ingredients were there. You had a little intrigue. You had a little deception. You had an old flame walk through the door. Right. Like you had a little, uh, you know, a little hope for um, uh, getting. Uh, uh, you know, an advantageous situation happening that doesn't materialize. Uh, you have your standard cast of characters. Like, you know what? I think a pretty good example of it is that scene in the hallway after uh, after Teal'c pops out of the bedroom in the morning and he's all like, hey, 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 hey. Anyway. Um, hey, hey. Uh, the only thing and, he didn't do is zip up his trousers. Right? <laughs> There's that. And then, which I... I know that I'm using phrases or words that that like standard bro dude speak when it comes to this stuff. Like, you know, that's complimentary. And believe you me, I am using it derisively. Like, it was it was really dumb. And having Daniel Jackson uh, sheepishly and nerdishly in in a way that felt a little bit over the top, even, um, you know, say, hey, if you need to talk to somebody, just let me know. Like that whole scene, all it did was established that Teal'c had sex and that he was happy. That's it. It was well, 30 seconds. And, and and that Daniel apparently was oblivious to it. Was that was that was that the message I was supposed to get, Zach? Because I, I, I gotta well, tell you, I, that didn't come through. Well, okay, based on what I saw on that, it's like, um, you know, because Daniel shows up and he's like, hey, I want to talk to you about other things. Uh, not like, holy crap, you... Did you just spend the night in her room? I guess, but I got to tell you the way that it was the, the way the line was written, it could be read ambiguously. I couldn't tell if Daniel Jackson actually knew what was going on or not. You uh, like how well, he keep calling okay. him by his full name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Teal usually calls him by his full That's name. That's kind of why I'm saying, I mean, not on purpose, I'm just but yeah, like I don't know, it just it just was a weird scene. It didn't do anything. And there felt like there was a lot of these moments where there just wasn't anything being done while I was watching the show. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing probably could have been condensed down to a ten-minute YouTube video, and I'd have been fine. I mean, that's where it was. So, yeah. All that said, I I find that this is an episode that's hard to skip. I believe it. Like I said, uh, there there's there there is enough happening in this yeah. episode that that um taking at face value that uh, while this could hypothetically be you know, all of the, the quote-unquote important things that are important later on could be just mentioned in, in a few sentences later on or in a different setting and whatnot, recognizing that that could happen, that didn't happen. Yeah. And so this episode is not one that you can can just easily skip um, without somebody at some point in time saying, at, filling you in about what happened because yeah. later on you will be like, whoa, what, huh, what, who? Yeah. And somebody's going to have to come and say, okay, I so remember that one episode that you skipped? Well, this is what happened. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it 
that litmus test it's one of two things number one if if you if you literally can skip it and not miss any information then it's a terrible thing if you if you can't skip it because there's critical information however if they had written it differently later you could have done it in a couple of lines and be done with it then it's 40 minutes wasted that's kind of why i'm kind of jumping up and down on it right you didn't need right. to use this episode this this precious television time to tell a story that could be communicated in a few sentences later if you thought about it differently let's tell something actually cool and interesting at this moment well i mean on that front i would say that this is episode uh, i think the the bread and butter of this episode is not ultimately what is going to be used later on but the bread and butter of this episode is the fact that hey teal had uh, a love interest, and we're going to give Teal'c a chance to explore that. Sort of, um, sure. They did right. that badly. They yes. did it badly. I'm not arguing that. Yes, point. but that's what—that's their bread and butter. Yes, and that by itself is, you know, that story. Even if that story doesn't come up directly again, that's not a bad story to tell, and it's—it's it's worthwhile. I'm rolling uh, my eyes, but yeah, okay. Um. I think well, what you're meaning you know, to say is that if done well, that would be an interesting story. This is not an example of it being done well. Okay, I'll grant you that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Brent, we have chewed on this quite a bit, and we could yeah. rail on it some more. But yeah, I we think could. it is time uh, for our predictions. Uh, not our predictions, yeah. our ratings. Yep, our uh, ratings. Then we'll get to the predictions. So, seven chevrons. Yeah. How many does cr- Crossroads get? So earlier when you mentioned that this was the Catherine Power script, I thought to myself, oh, that it was the last one. I thought to myself, you know, I'm, I, I should nudge this thing artificially uh, because it's Catherine Powers, right? She has been such a, uh, uh, you know, her writing has been a source of our conversation for this podcast every time it's come up. Like, and it, it has taken a life of its own. We have the, we have given her her own scale for crying out loud. Yep. So does that mean then that I look at this more favorably or less favorably because it's Catherine Powers? So I think, you know what? I think I'm going to look on it more favorably as an act of generosity. Ms. Powers, your work has been the inspiration of Dozens and dozens of conversation between my good friend Zach and I, even though both of us from time to time think that it's complete garbage. Uh, So in that respect, (laughs) the amount of entertainment I have gotten from it is meaningful. It is not worthless. I am appreciative of that. Thank you. I give your episode of Crossroads a three out of seven chevrons. Thank you for the work you have done. Okay. Three chevrons. And that's even being gracious. With a bump. Uh-huh. With a bump. <laughs> uh-huh. Just saying. Yep. Now, uh, how do I respond here? I imagine um, that you might not be quite as harsh. I am not going to be quite as harsh. Um, uh, this is an episode where, you know, if I break down some of the pieces, uh, you can't forget this episode. There's stuff in this episode that is valuable. Uh, that's even really, you know, building block material for the future. Sure. Um. So, you know, I, I, I can't just skip it that way. Um, the acting is actually really good. In the places, even the dialogue, when you can tell that Richard Dean Anderson is, is uh, you know, uh, uh, vamping on what he's given. And uh, he's just, yeah. uh, 
being spontaneous in that regard, uh, then, you know, th those are really good moments. Um, the, the directing and the, the way that this is shot and lit and such is really good. Uh, you've got two guest, three guest actors in this episode that all do tremendous jobs in them. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they play those parts really well. Tanith is creepy. Uh, you know, Anise and Freya is Anise and Freya. She just kind of continues to play that. Yeah. Uh, I, um, is it gratuitous to have her shirt showing her belly button? Absolutely it is. Am I going to knock the episode for it? No, because this is the early 2000s and they were struggling with things. And, and I certainly can't knock her performance because of it, because, you know, right. she doesn't have a, con you know, um, you know, uh, Musetta as, as Shanok did a great job. It's also Catherine Powers. The rest of the, the yep. story is, uh, her script is just blah. She tries to tell love stories. That seems to be what she does. Uh, and I have found all of her love stories to be wanting. Yeah. Every single yeah. one of them. Um, I can't be quite as harsh as a three, um, but I will give it a four. Uh -huh. this, this, is, this is a dip for me. Um, uh, for for this season, you know, I mean, so far we've had really high quality episodes, and this is this is a downer yep. uh, for me. And to be fair, uh, I guess we've only had four episodes this season, but they've all been pretty good. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, the, this this is a downer for me. Uh, and I've always thought that this is less good. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. I watch this episode so I can get through it to the next episode. Yes, uh, right. So there it is. Yeah, you watch this one because you have now to. Time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To look at our prediction. Yes. So, uh, let us go to Facebook and see what we have here. Going to the Facebook. I actually really do love these predictions, like a lot. Yep. All right. So, Julie, this is my Julie. Uh, hi, Julie. Hey. Hi, Julie. Uh, she gives a prediction on Facebook. She's wildly guessing a 3.5 for Zach. And a four yeah. for Brent. Oh, so basically yeah. flipped. Does she give a reason? Yeah, yeah. Um, she's figuring, I mean, she knows that I'm not a big fan of this episode. She figured I would <laughs> give it straight down the middle. Um, Insider information. And yeah, but, uh, well, okay. That, that, the fact that she already knew ahead of time that I didn't like this episode too much. That's the insider information. She yes. doesn't know because... Oftentimes, I don't know for sure what I'm giving these episodes until uh, I give Until it. we're in it. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, we now have a couple of email predictions. Uh-huh. And I have to pull them up here real quick. So, um, there we go. Our first prediction is from Arnacht. Hi, Arnacht. Arnacht says, Crossroads was pretty good. It's a classic example of too good to be true, and it sets up a focus for Teal'c's wrath, which is great because Christopher Judge is acting. Yeah. This particular plotline eventually leads to the really great based on past experience, Brent will probably find a problem with this episode that I <laughs> overlooked or didn't find all that important. The apparent immutability <laughs> of Google genetic evil, perhaps, which raises some interesting questions about how the Toko themselves managed to exist. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I like predict that. four chevrons from Brent nah. and five and one half from Zach. So he got uh, mostly the, 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 the difference between us right, but yep. uh, I was a little bit meaner yep. on this one. 
yeah um uh, you know th- there was a small part of me that was thinking do i generously give this a five and then i thought no i'm not going to be that generous um yeah and I, for me uh the reason why i really wanted to give it a two First off, I was actually considering giving it a one because it wasn't that great and it would be nice to bookend the Catherine Power scale with ones on either side. Um, But but, uh, (laughs) I was seriously considering a two just because all of the good stuff that you've mentioned, and you're right, it's all there. I forgot about it. I watched this show last night. And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, there was that one scene with uh, uh, Richard Dean Anderson that was really funny. And, oh, yeah, Christopher Judge does a really good job expressing that wrath at the end. I didn't forget that. But it got overshadowed by all this other stuff. And so, yeah. Bah. Bah. All right. So we have one more prediction from David. Hi, David. Uh, Now, one of the things that David does in his email is he writes... Uh, what he has written in the past, uh, sh- uh, Chevron encoding bias or something to that effect, uh-huh. uh, with one letter per line, uh-huh. so that his prediction stays way below the screen, so yes. we don't accidentally see it. Ha! Um, usually, I'm going to admit this to you, David, that I don't actually read that. I just kind of skim through that, and then I go to the meat of it. However, this time I actually read it, and it says, "Blah blah, hi Zach, how you doing?" And to that, I have to say <laughs> that makes me happy. I'm doing well, David. I hope you're doing well as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, here we go. This episode is fine. Stuff happens. We learn stuff, and a bad guy is left pretending to be good while standing alone in a darkened room, looking all <laughs> sinister. Who does he think he's fooling? <laughs> also, of note, this story continues the Teal Kate's Cronus arc, started uh, last season in yeah, Fair that's Game. True. That's right. And it is it not and okay. Continuity and callbacks are nice. However. I don't think this is a really deep discussion episode, unlike last time when you were to- totally missed the opportunity for uh, what would you do with t- temporary superpowers. Yeah, we kind of missed that. Uh, hey, JD and Nick, <laughs> how's the pizza? <laughs> anyway, no plus one bump from me. <laughs> so, with all of that... Uh, David says uh, four for Brent and a four and a half from Zach. Yeah, nah, I was I was feeling mean. Yeah, just feeling mean. Um, and, you know the 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 general idea of of difference between you and me is is seen there, and uh, uh, but uh, yeah, you were feeling feeling mean and 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 I wasn't feeling happy. But I, you're spot yeah. on. This is it's fine. Blah blah stuffs happens. Bad guy trying to be good guy. Really, duh. Of course. Oh, and yeah, other stuff. I think that's right. So again, you got some eggs. You got some butter. You got some flour. You got some cocoa. You got some vanilla. You got some sugar. Yep. But then you got to do stuff with it. <laughs> yep. Okay. <sighs> so Brent. Yes. Those were the predictions that we have, and so now mm-hmm. it is time to look ahead to the next episode. Thank goodness. The next episode is entitled uh-huh. Divide and Conquer, uh-huh. to which I say, what is Divide and Conquer about? Divide and Conquer. All right. Okay. Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG-1 team travels through the gate to find themselves in a strange world. Indeed, they find themselves in a technologically superior world founded by the same people who did the Naquita Generator. Um, was that the 
Asgard? Who did the Anaquita generator? Anyway, uh, we... Yeah, who did it? I don't remember. Okay, uh, it the, wasn't the it wasn't the Aztec. No, somebody else. Um, it was the 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 Aztec people, right? That weren't so. Anyway, anyway, tell us. It's yeah. a learning curve. Learning yeah. curve. Good episode. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, uh, blah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I lost my train of thought. Okay, yeah. So they're on that world. Okay, great. And so they 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 then discover that in fact, actually, their entire premise about the Nequita generator has been wrong from the start. <gasps> Indeed, one does not need to find ever-increasing amounts of Naquita. One has to be refining and using ever more pure, smaller amounts of Naquita. Zach, this changes everything. Now all they have to do is focus on the purification of the Naquita they have, and they can indeed divide it up and conquer the gold because that's who i'm picking on i've forgotten all about the little replicators i don't care about those guys i'm all about the ghoul yes join us next time on stargate sg1 where we divide by four or whatever and conquer yeah how'd i do i, I think it's brilliant might, i i think i would rather watch a Catherine power script that Wow! <laughs> wow! Zach, you wound me. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to actually purport that this is actually a good idea. I was literally trying to come up with a pun for divide and conquer. That was the best I had. Yeah. Well, I guess you I need know, more okay. coffee. So, so I would like just to, just to just to clarify that yeah. that uh, mostly that was just a, a punch for the the comedic effect there. So, oh gosh, thank you for taking that. I appreciate I appreciate the clarification, but for real, no, I, I, trust me. Half of these ideas, sometimes my gooky ideas are fun. Like sometimes as I'm kind of cooking them up, I'm like, that would be kind of a fun episode. Other ones like this one, uh, whatever. All right, well, let's let's figure right. out what Divide and Conquer is actually about. Okay, so we do have a wonderful promo here made by David. Thank you, David. And uh, we'll watch that. Are you ready? Yes. I'm hitting go now. Next time on Stargate SG-1. Ooh. Oh, technology. Look out! Oh, no. An assassination no. attempt reveals a deadly mystery. Major Graham was a Zator, the victim of gold mind control technology. Oh. All outstanding SG teams are being recalled for screening and placed on a 24 hour watch. Oh no, we're One getting divided? One can be a victim of mind control. Can oh, it's what's her face. Wait a minute. What kind of top is that? I went through the oh, that's a good question. I went after the neck. Then I realized that there was no way I was going to get through that force shield. What happened next? That's when your genius arm bands That's a callback action. Yeah. It's all next time on Stargate SG-1. Oh, we got to sell some, uh, some more toe I'm the president. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh interesting i gotta tell you um trying to create uh seven of nine uh in stargate it's kind of uh kind of kind of getting a little annoyed with it yeah yeah her her costumes have gotten um uh more and more revealing uh i mean and and i guess i gotta be i have to i I, it's weird that i have to clarify that whatever i'm gonna clarify this brent I don't care. Like, fine. Like, if we want to, if we want to go down that road, we get. But, but I, but I, I recognize how. Wait a second. If you want to tell me a good story, just tell me a good story. Like, 
we don't have to be um uh we don't have to be uh kowtowing to our it's probably the better word um we don't have to be giving into uh you know just trying to do some puerile like service to juvenile fantasies is that even a good way to say it i don't even know i'm trying to i'm using all the big words um sure right like just you use those big story words. right like what's yeah. her face can totally be in a regular outfit and have and be able to deliver the dialogue and just you know what i mean like ugh. whatever yeah yeah well um i will uh i, I will give you this mm-hmm. that uh this will be the last time we see uh quite such a revealing outfit for her great okay do we kind of do we kind of get our heads out of our butts after this, and uh, we just focus on telling good stories? You know, as I recall, yeah. as I recall, uh, this is that that one little moment when they kind of dip their toe into the hey, let's try to sell sex, but not quite sex, right? Um, and and then after a few dips into that, they're like, oh, well, why don't we just tell good stories? Why don't we just tell a good story? And uh, and so they they, they kind of shift gears. How about we uh, ultimately uh, the whole the whole selling? You know, I mean, it would only work well if and I use that in quotate quotations with with looseness there. Uh, but you know, you you would have to do that with Carter or with a new character that you bring in on a daily basis on a regular basis in order to actually get that uh, effect of the the seven of nine effect. And uh, it, that's not necessary, right? In any case, yeah, this was our episode on Crossroads. Yes. Uh, tell us what you think. Tell us where we got it wrong. Uh, David and JD and Nick t- clearly thought that last week we got it wrong because we didn't even begin to talk about having temporary superpowers and the value therein. Uh, but that's what things like Facebook are all about, so that yes. where we get it wrong and where we miss something, you can go and chat with one another about it and have some fun conversations. So by all means, go to Facebook, uh, to the Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and group, and share those comments, share those thoughts. Join us on Twitter at Stargate Walking uh, to find out when episodes uh, go live and the like, yep. or you can email us at walking through the stargate at gmail.com mm-hmm. and talk to us there. Send us your predictions. Uh, I do try to make sure that the video goes out early Saturday morning before we record. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can do it there or if ahead of time. You can email us always. We're looking forward to that. Share whatever thoughts you have. And Stargate. your screen caps of your reviews, if you're an international listener who have done that job already and have been feeling sad all these long weeks that we have not done what we said we Indeed. were going to do. Indeed. And, of course, uh, go visit us on Patreon. And if you feel so inclined, throw us a few shekels and uh, join that as we uh, look forward to the day when we uh, can record episodes on Stargate Infinity. And if you think <laughs> we're harsh... On Catherine Powers. You just wait and see. Are we actually uh, going to do um, Chevron ratings for these episodes? You know, I guess we, we, I guess we have actually, to. We probably have to. We haven't talked about it a whole lot. No. Um, I mean, but uh, would it be anything other than one, one, one? Well, maybe. Maybe we would celebrate when we have a two. Maybe we'd have uh, a party you, every time there was a two. We we might need to reset the scale such <laughs> that we can show... Uh, <laughs> 
clear yeah. variation between them. <laughs> we, might, there might, we might have to we might have to significantly increase the sensitivity. Yeah, because <laughs> what will the move gain. the needle is going to be really light. <laughs> yep, could be. Uh-huh. In any could case, be. Uh, yeah, let us know what you think about this and everything else. Yeah. Uh, until next time, I'm Zach and I'm Brent, and this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See ya next time. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.